Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to a New Year's Eve edition of the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Liz Loza, joined by my good friend Dalton Del Don, and today we're going to provide you with a preview of all 15 of Sunday's games for week 17 of literally the longest NFL season ever. Not that Dalton or I are feeling it by any means, uh, but first, Dalton, do you, uh, do you have any New Year's Eve resolutions? New Year's resolutions, I should say? Finish line is close, Liz. We're almost there. Um, I not not really. I saw this in the outline, so I had to think of one. I'll just say exercise. I need to exercise more. My daughter got out the uh, the rowing machine, which has been gathering mothballs. Uh, uh, when was that? Yesterday. So that inspired me. I've been sitting in my room all football season, you know, being too lazy. So I actually do need to get better exercise. Some. I'm pretty bad with that. So look at yourself? Chloe. Is she doing some like off season? training to get herself in prime cross-country shape for yeah the i guess so yeah Look quick 750 this. meter rowing yeah a few minutes yeah no i was impressed i was like yeah no, i know i love it it's something you could do when it's raining a lot here which is badly needed where i am the drought but um yeah so she's indoors doing the rowing machine as my um you know very lazy self is not but she might um, inspire me i did do the peloton today though because it's raining and so i can't go out and run or hike do i have any resolutions i you know my resolution is probably to set better boundaries. I don't know if I want to say this as our bosses are listening, but like set better better boundaries, say no to things, don't feel obligated to, you know, every time something comes across the desk to say like, yep, yep, I'll do that. I'll do that. Maybe check in more. Um, But otherwise, I don't know. I think after the past two years, and by the way, we both had like kids home from school on winter break. This is winter vacation, right? Um, I'm pretty proud of all of the work I've done as a parent and a professional, honestly, over the past two years. So I'd, I would like some normalcy before I come up with any kind of resolution, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. I was also, I should say, you know, another resolution I should have is spend more time with my kids and I'll be less busy after football season. But man, with them home during Christmas uh-uh. break, boy, I, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, they're at those ages. It's, uh, they're handfuls, I'll tell you that much. And it's raining, yeah. so we can't like go outside and do as much stuff. I did think I was putting boots on the little one today, which also I was like sweating by the end of like, I got the insole in and then the boot and then I'm fighting with the zipper to put it on and her body's flop. All of a sudden she turns into like dead weight and her body's just like flopping around like a sandbag. Um, and I was just like out of breath being like, how do people, how did my mom do? I grew up in Chicago. Like this was regular and normal. How did she do it? How, how do people do this with more than one child? Yeah, the kid brother from A Christmas Story I always picture, too. I always force my in-laws to watch that uh, movie on loop, by the way. TNT or TBS, that's a tradition. I still uh, am a sucker for that movie. But yeah, that's what I picture when the dressing the kids with, you know, 15 layers in the snow. In the snow. <laughs> totally. Anyway, let's, let's uh, move on from ourselves to the league because, as I mentioned, we got a lot of games to get through. And the COVID news never stops. Several hundred... Players have been put on the COVID list and several hundred have come off the COVID list. And some of those players are the same. So um, the news is going to change, oh, 999 to 1,000 times between now and Sunday. So, dear listener, if you have reached the championship round, yay, congratulations. I'm fighting for two chips. I think, Dalton, you're uh, in contention in a few places. So congratulations. And also, We are sorry. We feel your pain. You're going to have to stay glued to your phone and the Yahoo Fantasy Twitter handle right up until kickoff because it's just been that kind of year again. 
Yeah, it's also frustrating, too, with like Tyreek Hill returned and he was active. And of course, everyone used him. But it was clear that the snap percentage was down. He admitted he was. Yeah. So it was also that effect, too. So, yeah, it's just it's just more wild cards in in a crazy year. But, yeah, you just have to pay attention to the news more than ever. And that's an interesting thing about when different players pulled a positive with these new protocols about not having to. You know, whether they're unvaccinated or vaccinated, the the turnaround is supposed to be quicker. I also don't understand if they're like, well, if they're asymptomatic, but I don't know what player is going to be like, yep, my throat does not hurt. How can you prove if someone has a sore throat? Like players are have spent their whole lives being primed to get on the field and compete. I don't know how you squelch that. I mean, you have like Michael Jordan's flu game is one of the most iconic athletic events in his in sports history so of course they like want to play at less than 100 percent because there's all of that the stakes and the hero factor baked into it so when a player pulled a positive and how close that was to potential kickoff is also like different than austin right who pulled a po- played a thursday game pulled a positive on saturday and spoiler is going to be fine for this sunday but he's had so much more time to recover than tyreek hill for example had yeah, good info last week with with Eckler. Uh, uh, but also, uh, the yeah, the Colts. So briefly, that spread changed. But once the new rules were implemented, uh, Carson yeah. Wentz. Yes, he's on. He's on the honor system. But they've been seven point favorites ever since. So I think Vegas fully expects him to uh, to play. You know, regardless of how he truly feels. So yeah, I hear you. It's all. Power it's fair. ever changing. Yeah, it, it's it's changing the rules, even changing midstream. So. Um, yeah, uh, it is what it is. Pay attention to the news. And uh, it's a battle of attrition for a lot of these fantasies. A lot of the depth is, you know, depth is really going to matter. Yeah. And we are we are right there with you. We are trying to provide the best information for you and us. There isn't a Thursday game or a Saturday game this week. So we're going to head straight into Sunday. We're going to kick things off with an exciting tilt between the Falcons and the Bills. Our producer, John, did some um, heavy lifting for us and put forecasts in all of the relevant matchups. So I will honor, first of all, thank you, producer John, for looking that up. Forecast is 28 degrees with possible snow. I don't know how Matt Ryan thinks about that, though obviously he played at Boston College. Um, the Falcons need to win to keep playoff hopes alive. I think it's wild that they're, <laughs> I mean, that the Falcons even have playoff hopes to keep alive. It is absolutely wild. This is a tough matchup for them. The spread is gigantic for a reason. Look for Buffalo to roll here. Um, yeah, tough match. Cordero Patterson was disappointing last week. They've been using him such more in the traditional running back role. Um, you're probably still going to use him if you have him, but otherwise, uh, you know, Gage is not a great matchup. Certainly don't want to use Ryan. On the flip side, Devin Singletary has just quietly been treated, uh, become the, the workhorse uh, there. Even when Zach Moss was active, uh, Breida and Zach Moss have taken turns as healthy scratches, and Singletary has quietly been a top 15 PPR fantasy back each of the last three weeks. You look at the game script here, uh, favorable matchup. Um, yeah, I really like Devin Singletary in DFS and as a you know, top 15-ish type I mean, there's a lot of guys in the tier in, the, in that 10 to 20 range. You know, Daryl Williams, whoever your, your favorite, uh, Penny. There's a lot of sleeper fantasy backs this week. And uh, Singletary is, is right there with them in this plus matchup. And I'm not sure if people quite realize um, how much he's emerged as the lead back. I know Allen will take some goal line uh, scores there. And his targets have been hit or miss. Sometimes he'll get six targets. Sometimes he'll get just one. But at least he has gotten six. Uh, so I like, I like Singletary quite a bit. Well, props to you, Dalton, and anyone who's been listening to your advice on this pod, because you have been hyping Singletary for the past few weeks. You were, in fact, in my fearless forecast, I had running backs this week. I gave you props because I said that you have been on Singletary since before the Matt Burita hype train was derailed. So congratulations. I agree with you. I have Singletary forecasted for close to 90 total yards, whether or not he finds the end zone, as you're right, up to Josh Allen. But I think he's going to be pretty well involved in the receiving game because while both Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis are off the COVID list, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, who really, who entered last week without an injury designation, but then was not able to convert much, clearly was not at 100%, is not practicing as of Thursday because he's dealing with this knee issue. So I have to ask you, do you think Isaiah McKenzie can do it again? Or with Beasley and Davis back, is any upside he demonstrated last week now squelched? 
Man, McKenzie looked so good last week, but I just fear with, with Beasley's return, I'm not going to use McKenzie unless you're like it may be a DFS tournament play, but not in your in your fantasy championship. Too big of a risk. Now, if Beasley and especially Beasley and also if Sanders remained out, I'd be all all in on McKenzie because he clearly to me looks like a playmaker, probably an upgrade over Beasley. But with Beasley returning to practice, I expect McKenzie to you know it's too far too unpredictable how many snaps he even sees. Gabe Davis is back too, so um, now nah, unfortunately McKenzie's more of a uh, let's get excited about next year and in the future uh, more than uh, reliable this week. All right. The Giants are traveling to Soldier Field. The forecast is a balmy 19 degrees. I don't know if that includes the lake effect chill, which always makes things colder. But obviously neither of these teams have anything to play for in terms of a postseason. Kadarius Tony, who both uh, Andy and Scott talked up on the pickups pod, and for good reason, because it felt like, you know, the matchup was good. And if you were going to throw a dart at someone, Tony, despite the talent under center, had the explosiveness, the pop, the talent to do something big. But he is still dealing with this shoulder injury. So he did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. You hate to see two consecutive DNPs. Um, also, Saquon Barkley did manage to get in a limited practice session on Thursday, but that's super sad trombone too. Yeah, the, the Giants, I would at best try to, I would not want to rely on anyone in the fantasy championship. Maybe Barkley if you need to in a flex, but he's questionable, battling injuries. Tony's injury list is is long. He's had different types uh, definitely something to pay attention to moving forward. It appears that he's going to be uh, someone who's uh, battling health uh, issues regularly. Uh, the person I'm most excited about in this game is David Montgomery. Um, the targets have been there. doesn't matter who starts at quarterback here. And the Giants are, are a nice matchup. So Montgomery is just like the, he had a big, nice second half to end last season. And it could be in store for another one here. The matchups haven't been quite as uh, favorable as then. But um, yeah, he's quietly getting it done, Montgomery. Harmon and I talked at Montgomery on the Sunday night wrap-up pod and with Alan Robinson admitting that he lost 10 pounds because of COVID. And this is, you know, an athlete in peak condition struggling. And you're seeing Montgomery continue to be involved in the passing game. I have him forecasted for over 100 yards and a score this week. So I, I like that take as well. Let's move on to the Chiefs at the Bengals. This is one of the few matchups with uh, a nice high over under it, over uh, 50 points for this over under it's the AFC's number one versus the AFC's number three seed. The Chiefs obviously have won eight straight. You mentioned Daryl Williams a little bit earlier. So let's go back to that piece of it for fantasy before we like, di you know, dive into the, to the whole matchup. CEH hurt his collarbone, exited early. Um, the x-rays on Monday were negative, but it still looks like he's not going to play this Sunday. Williams averaged 13 fantasy points per game when CEH was out from week 6 through 10 earlier in the season, and he was a top 20 play three of those five games and a top 10 producer twice. We also have seen him regularly used at the goal line. I believe he's seen five red zone touches over his last two games, and he's being used as a receiver. A ton. He's top 10 in receiving yards, top 10 in routes run, and top 10 in yards per reception. So to me, like Daryl Williams, who's only $21, is probably going to be a chalk play, but like a really solid play in DFS as well. Yeah, he lands right in that tier. I was saying anywhere from ten to like twenty-two ish uh, is a I could you could rank him in any order, and I would have no complaints there. And he belongs there. So uh, you, you said the stats when he's got been given the, the touches. Uh, I do expect Derek Gore to get some, and it could be. Uh, but I mean, this game should. But the, yeah, this game should be competitive. Um, Bengals have defended the run a little bit better than the past, but Williams really Williams uh, is is more valuable than Ceh because Ceh gives up passing downs and goal line work to Williams. So if they're similar players, so I, I mean, yeah, I, I like Williams without Ceh there with the backfield mostly to himself, and yeah, he's a he's a very very solid RB two. And on the Bengals side of things, I mean, you're just you're starting all your Bengals, right? You're not worried about um, – I mean, or, or are you worried about the Kansas City Chiefs defense? Obviously much improved since Chris Jones returned to his rightful place on the inside. Yeah, you got to expect some regression, obviously, coming off the monster well, performance. Sure. Both fourth most passing yards of all time. But, no, you're firing up everyone else. Hopefully hopefully this game turns into a shootout. It absolutely could. I, both defenses are a little bit underrated. But, um, yeah, uh, with Higgins chasing now, Boyd getting more involved, even if you need Uzuma. Uh, uh, yes, I'm, I'm starting all these guys, obviously, mixing. So, yeah, it should, this would absolutely be a back-and-forth uh, fun DFS game. The forecast in Nashville this weekend calls for rain. It's supposed to be 39 degrees in Miami. 
the Miami Dolphins, I should say, are, are traveling to Nashville. The Dolphins have won seven straight after losing seven straight in the season, which is a little bit of a fun fact. Um, I don't know how you're feeling about Tua, because obviously the matchup, if you were in a super flex league, you'd say like, okay, but he has just seemed so up and down, clearly like toying. I think that Tua is like finding himself. Like my take on Tua after this year, and as someone who was high on him coming out of the draft, I think he realizes that he is not the same athlete that he was in college that garnered him so much success and attention. And so now he's kind of needing to recalibrate his skill set and finding where all of that lies. Like his anticipation just still isn't quite there, but there's a learning curve and I'm interested to see which side of it he comes out on. Yeah, he's shown enough for me to be curious uh, what he has. And so I wish it, like, Will Fuller stayed healthy. He's a rock solid QB2 type for me this week, super flex. Um, I would try to aim higher just because there are a lot of interesting sleeper uh, fantasy QBs options that run this week, like Justin Fields, Taysom Hill, Huntley. Save the last one. Don't save the last one. My guy Lane. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, uh, but yeah, no, but two is a, a nice matchup. Tennessee has been difficult to run on. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to receivers. Waddle in his showing a fantastic rapport. So, yeah, this is a, a, a nice setup for Tua to produce solid stats. You buying the dip on Devontae Parker, too, given the matchup? Yeah, what a weird week uh, last week. Yeah, given the matchup, you need him, sure. Yeah, but I mean, he's, you know, a wide receiver three. And A.J. Brown, obviously, you're rolling out. Um, He did miss practice, I believe, on Thursday, but it's the thought is that it was just a rest day, trying to keep him fresh for obvious reasons. Yeah, and hopefully uh, hopefully that's just a maintenance issue. And and the the Dolphins have actually been the stingiest against fantasy backs over the last eight weeks, so Tennessee's going to have to pass a lot. And A.J. Brown is is not going to have as easy of a matchup against my guy, Ambry Thomas, the rookie on the Niners. The last time we saw A.J. Brown going nuts in the second half on Thursday night. But Julio Jones is on the COVID list, and he's not really much of a factor when he does play. So I expect... Tanhill going to have to pass a lot, and, and A.J. Brown is going to, yeah, he, he led the, the league in weighted opportunity rating last week, so he's going to eat again. The Raiders are trying to keep their playoff hopes alive and traveling to Indianapolis. We mentioned this game and the fluctuation of the line and the spread earlier with Carson Wentz. He's on the COVID list but has now come off and is expected to play, um, to me, the most interesting piece of this. So we know that you can get pretty much – you can run on the Raiders. You can pass on the Raiders. I find it interesting – From a sleeper perspective, Jack Doyle did not practice on Thursday. That's the second day in a row. Again, we don't like to see those consecutive DNPs. So Mo Cox, who was like a fantastic story, like this incredible, yes, a converted basketball player, but also just like an electric athlete, has such a good matchup against the Raiders who have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. He's also coming off of a four-target game in which he ran a season-high 22 targets. I feel like Mo Cox is like a bargain basement dart throw in DFS that I feel probably too confident about, frankly. No, I'm with you. He can play largest wingspan, I believe, in NFL history. Um, Doyle looks unlikely to play. Wentz, I think, is going to play. So, yeah, I like the setup for him as a cheapy uh, uh, tight end sleeper. Uh, conversely, Warren Sharp tweeted this before last week. It's really interesting. Teams that face the Broncos have just gone crazy the week afterward. Um, and obviously the Raiders just faced the Broncos and they've gone from 16.6 points per game to 38.5 the following week. He tweeted that before last week. Guess who that uh, qualified for last week? The Bengals. So, I mean, huh. if you've been paying attention, I mean, man, I mean, bro. So it's an eight week sample. Maybe it's meaningless, but I'm very curious to see how the Raiders perform this week because they're this week's example of having to deal with a Fangio offense. So uh, that's just something that, that, I, that he noted even before last week. And then Burrow went out and put up a historic performance. I mean, and as I mentioned a little earlier, the stakes are obviously super high for them. So all the more. Yeah, yeah, I know it should be a uh, that should, and yeah, it's a uh, good setup indoors. So yeah, it could be a uh, could end up being a higher scoring game. Although both offenses at times like to be slower paced. And Darren Waller weir has a chance to play. That's all. That's all I'll say right now, based on reports. There's a chance Darren Waller suits up. I mean, I have to imagine that the team is going to push him to take the field, especially given everything we just mentioned. He went on the COVID list. It's unclear that IT injury with the knee. I wouldn't count on him, but I'll throw a real sleeper at you, Liz. Uh, Zay Jones has quietly gotten some some air yard percentage, the nerd stats lately. And yeah, if Waller doesn't make it in there, and they're gonna, it's tough to run against the Colts. Uh, and, and maybe this bounce back follow of the the Fangio thing matters, and Zay Jones is a beneficiary. So he's a, a cheapie. I believe he's eleven dollars in our Ooh, DFS game. You have got to have some onions to play Zay Jones in Week Seventeen. But I appreciate. 
appreciate the intel, Dalton. Um, the Jaguars are traveling to Gillette Stadium. You do not want to watch this game. Uh, it should not be easy on the eyes. New England will probably be without Nelson Aguilar, who's still dealing with a concussion. Ramondre Stevenson is off the COVID list, which is a bummer for people like me who have Damian Harris and really enjoyed his three touchdowns last week. But I think that Damian Harris is going to continue to be the 1A to Stevenson's 1B. Um, I think Stevenson now is like in that RB3 category. But after last week, Harris should have command over the backfield thus far. And obviously the matchup is pretty friendly. Yeah, you could start both of them. Uh, you'd love it if you had Harris and there was no Stevenson. Pay attention to Harris. He's still maybe dealing with that hamstring injury, but three touchdowns last week, even when not 100%. Uh, the game script projects is about as favorable as it gets. The spread is up to 16 and a half Whoa. in some places. Uh, Jackson, Jacksonville's not the worst against the run, but man, just the volume and game script should just result in a ton of carries. I mean, you can't rely on anyone in Jacksonville's offense and fantasy in this game. Trevor Lawrence has thrown one touchdown pass the last eight games. I mean, it's been brutal. The Patriots coming off back-to-back losses so I mean all uh, rookie quarterback you know that narrative with Belichick so um, I, I would, would would lay the points and uh, expect a, a nice favorable setup for both New England uh, running backs in fantasy he also doesn't have James Robinson right because that's a season ender and he won't have his security blanket you have seen him reach for first Dan Arnold right his tight end and then Arnold was put on IR he was designated to come off of IR but actually found his way on the COVID list instead and in that like span of time James O'Shaughnessy had been like an interesting an interesting sleeper for tight end purposes I don't think he scored necessarily but he was seeing regular targets converting on nearly a hundred percent of them and now he is dealing with a hip injury and didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday so if Trevor Lawrence doesn't have any sort of balance in the backfield any sort of foundation back there to just like create a calm and he doesn't have his number one security blanket like watch out play the new england defense everywhere and for what it's worth they've allowed the fewest fantasy points to tight ends and that's where jacksonville yeah where lawrence does like to tar- throw you know aim his throws so yeah new england uh definitely uh they're my number one fantasy d this week If you're keeping tabs on games not to watch, maybe add Buccaneers at Jets on the list, um, mostly because this should be another bloodbath. Let's start with the Jets, though, because, you know, we're going to spend a lot of time on the Bucs, obviously, since there are more fantasy-relevant players playing in for Tampa Bay. Jamison Crowder did not practice on Thursday. That's the second day in a row. He's still dealing with this calf injury. I don't think anyone's playing Jamison Crowder, but for me, his absence means a continual boost for Michael Carter, who we know was a great pass catcher in college at North Carolina. And we have seen him flash as a pass catcher be involved. That's kind of how he's kept his fantasy stock alive because, you know, it's not been that he's had positive game script often, but his involvement in the passing game playing catch-up has helped him a lot, especially in PPR formats. So I still like Carter. I also have to play him uh, in a 14-teamer. Where are you putting him? Like RB. 25-ish, 28-ish. Really like him. I bumped him up to my number 18 with this news. Not only, Crow- not only Crowder out, but Kevin Coleman's on the COVID list. So, I mean, the backfield's all the Carter's self. I know that I know that Tampa Bay's run D isn't ideal, but it should result in a ton of dump-offs and targets uh, uh, game script here. So I, I think that he's going to get, yeah, a bunch of easy receptions and with no Crowder and no Coleman. Uh, and he's just passed the eye test. I really like the Carter's look. It's not ideal. Obviously, big underdogs with Zach Wilson. They're not going to score a bunch of points against Tampa Bay. But yeah, I, I like Carter, especially in PPR. Oh, your lips to God's ears. Let's do this. Inside the top 20. Yes, I was even, I was being bearish at, t- at top 25. All right, now let's, I think that's pretty much our only fantasy relevant piece uh, in New York. Let's talk about Tampa Bay. Antonio Brown did not practice on Thursday. Could be a rest day. We know he's coming off of an injury. Could be something more. Could be nothing. It could just be A, B, B, and A, B. So definitely monitor that. We don't know. All we know right now is that he earned a DNP on Thursday. Um, Ronald Jones is obviously coming off of a 20-plus touch effort. The RB1 for the backfield while Leonard Fournette is out. But I do think when we're looking at game script that Keyshawn Vaughn, and sometimes this gets a little bit tricky, but Keyshawn Vaughn should be worthy of a flex RB3 sort of position. He managed a snap share of nearly 35% with Leonard Fournette out, and the Bucks are 13 and a half point favorites. So the matchup is obviously favorable too. The Jets are the most generous team to opposing running backs. They're allowing an average of over 33 fantasy points per week to the position. 
Yep, and the Bucks rightfully don't trust Jones on passing downs. He dropped a touchdown well, they shouldn't last trust week. Vaughn either. It's yeah. not like his hands well, are great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Vaughn did look good on that first carry last week, that touchdown run, right sure. when Jones took his first breather. But yeah, uh, I do think Vaughn will get more passing down work than Jones, though, still. But um, yeah, I like this setup here. And then the main key here is to pay attention to those receivers, as you said, because Mike Evans even returned to practice. I would still consider him highly questionable. But it's, Why do you I think mean, they're going to do that? I mean, all of the yeah, reports I, that he wasn't limited, but that he, like, quote, fatigued easily so he's coming off of COVID and he's got a hamstring I feel like why would you especially with a soft tissue issue and you know coming off of a a disease like a virus that's killed hundreds of thousands of people like why would you risk this when you have like the Super Bowl in hand like a repeat Super Bowl opportunity yeah, and, and assuming that Evans does miss it, uh, Antonio Brown coming off 15 targets last week. I know he didn't score, but if he plays, um, you could rank him as number, whatever, the number one fantasy wide if you wanted to this week. He has incentives to reach in his contract, too. You know, Brady loves getting him that. So uh, Antonio Brown, if he's healthy and Brown is out, love him in the DFS. Uh, if Antonio Brown bucks. is healthy and Evans is out. Yes, sorry, yes. And if both happen to miss this game, or even if not, uh, Gronkowski, even though he disappointed last week, you know, I mean, with, with, no, uh, with no Godwin there, I expect a bounce back from him. And you could, you know, get a leg up there with no other, you know, really tight ends other than Mark Andrews. No one else really stand out. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, the, the Eagles are traveling to FedEx Field to take on the Washington football team. Uh, they need, Philly does, a win here to keep their playoff hopes alive. I think Washington is going to play up for this game because... After last week, they're probably so embarrassed. And frankly, I, I that team has been really, really gritty last week, not, you know, withstanding. I think they'd enjoy playing spoiler on the way out anyway. What do you think about this? Agreed. It was really, really embarrassing, you know, on national television. Uh, Antonio Gibson maybe too banged up won't help. But uh, yeah, they'll they'll. They'll, they'll play much better. I expect this to be a, a closer game. Uh, the key is who's going to get the carries in Philly. Is it going to be Jordan Howard or Boston Scott or even Gainwell? Uh, would love some clarity there. What, what, what's a tight end situation in Washington? Because we talked about Philly being so vulnerable there. Is it Bates? Is it, is it Seals-Jones? What's the route there? I did the deep dive on this for my sleepers column, and Bates has actually run. So we should also say that Bates is a rookie, right? And I think a lot of this is the Washington football team knows that their playoff hopes are dashed. So why not see what you have in some of these younger players like Bates, who is a rookie? He's actually run 55 routes, which is an average of 18.3 to RSJs. That's Ricky Seals-Jones's 46 RSJ, averaging 15.3 per week. And that was over the last three weeks since Logan Thomas tore his ACL. So I think that Bates, who scored last week, by the way, also and out-targeted RSJ last week, is the dart throw that I would choose in this matchup. One of them is going to score against the Eagles who have allowed 12 touchdowns to opposing tight ends total, including one to Evan Ingram last week. So miracles do yeah. talk about a Christmas miracle, <laughs> right? Um, so I, I would say Bates because when I think about like the number of routes he's running and his snap share percentage and honestly the motivations of the coaching staff at this point in the season and the reality of their situation and the matchup, I feel like he's probably the choice. Yeah, I'm agreeing. With, I'm looking at it here. He ran more routes last week. Somehow, Seals Jones got negative yards per route run. So, uh, yeah, all signs point to Bates in a nice matchup. So he's a nice little sleeper uh, if you wanted to go cheap at DFS at tight end. Are you preferring Jordan Howard, who did return to practice on a limited basis on Thursday? He was dealing with that stinger, obviously. Or Boston Scott, who had all of the glory in week 16? I'd probably rank him like back to back. I mean, Howard, the goal line guy, Scott, more catches. So just, you know, just kind of uh, basically a B. I don't know. I'd say rank, rank them similarly. Do you have a do you have a different take? No, I don't. I think I have them like I think I have Howard at like 26 and Scott at 28. Yeah. yeah Something like sense. that. Yeah. Yeah, too um, bad Miles Sanders couldn't stay healthy. He finishes the year by yeah, far the most bummer. touches without scoring this year. Total bummer. Rams are traveling to the Ravens. Little nug from the Rams POV. Andrew Whitworth is off of the COVID-19 list, which is a big boost. So last week, Stafford wasn't sacked, but obviously did not play well. He turned the ball over three times. And I think when you have Whitworth back, he's also Whitworth is part of that breakfast club um, with Cup and Stafford. There's just chemistry. And we know so much of an O-line being effective is chemistry. Whitworth is the the cog that the rest of the o-line functions around um so i think that that's actually a really really big boost to stafford this week 
Yeah, and such a pass-funnel defense with the Ravens. We saw them get lit up by Joe Burrow, all those injuries to the secondary. You love Stafford, Cup, Beckham, and Van Jefferson. I like quite a bit this week, too. Even Higby, if you need a tight end. I just the setup is so good for passing, opposing passing. Now, the weather might not be ideal for the L.A. team, but, um, yeah, I like all the passers still involved. You add Whitworth getting back really helps that as well. And then Michelle you're using because of the volume. He's clearly separate himself as the lead back there. Um, but, but. Uh, this is not the greatest matchup for him. Although he could, you know, he still be the goal line guy. Sean McVay, they should score a lot. So, but just don't expect, you know, a great yards per carry performance. And I, this is more set up for the passing attack for the Rams. I totally agree. I think that this, I think that this game could maybe get out of hand. Like, I don't actually know what the over under is on it. It's, I'm imagining under 50 total points. But I think this one is one that could turn into a bit of a bonanza because of the secondary issue in Baltimore and because of the lit offense. I'm getting weird. Like there's no, I have no backing for this other than like just a little spider, a spidey sense. I've been digging really deeply into the MCU too. So maybe it's all of it combined. Have you watched Hawkeye by the way? It's so good. Wow. I watch far too much television. That's one that I I have not. No, my wife watches it, but no. Oh my God. I like Jeremy Renner. I like, I watch a different show. He's on actually Renner, but um, no, I, I, I'm not a huge comic book guy. It's not, it's not my, my genre really. Generally the MCU is not a big like thing for me, but I over 2021 got it like I really liked Black yeah. Widow I saw Shang-Chi uh, and now I'm into Hawkeye and I'm, I'm really no, I heard surprised me surprised me yeah, I was I not anyway we're way off kit anyway I'm just getting some weird vibes that I think OBJ might not finish all four quarters I think he's getting hurt that's just the only thing I'm gonna say he has limped off a couple times I've noticed I'm like oh he's done for the game and then I see him return mm-hmm. yeah I got that vibe too I really like Van Jefferson in this game obviously Cup is setting records I like the vibe and the dip on Van Jefferson that's exactly yeah. the same vibe I'm thinking also um, Lamar Jackson did practice Wednesday, but then was seen limping and missed practice on Thursday. So if I'm reading the tea leaves from Thursday afternoon, they say this is going to be a Tyler Huntley game. Yeah, I'm ranking Huntley as he's starting. And I like him probably not going to be as good as we last saw him. Um, but um, I, I don't think the point spread changed as much. You don't really want to hobble Jackson out there. The footage I saw looked looked rough. He did not look ready to play uh, NFL game. So I would expect Huntley. And um, yeah, he's an interesting fantasy option because he runs quite a bit himself. And Marquise Brown was absent from practice on Thursday. No designation. Like, we don't know if it's an injury. Could be COVID. Could be a non-COVID related in, in illness. Could have been a day off. We don't know, but just keep an eye on Marquise Brown because obviously that will change things. Uh, particularly, it, it might, you know, help Bateman out a little bit, who we saw finally pop last week, too. Yeah, part of me wants to recommend Hollywood Brown because of all the targets, but um, I have come across, uh, I did notice that he his average depth of target drops far significantly with Huntley, but someone's going to have to have a big game with Andrews is going to get, you know, double, triple right. teamed with these three straight monster games. So yeah, either Bateman or Brown on a Ravens team that's going to be unable to run with their running backs against the Rams, likely playing from behind. Yeah, how is a receiver not going to have a nice, nice fantasy stats for, for Baltimore this week? I mean, Mark Andrews has been on a tear. So many consecutive 100-plus yard games and I believe our own Scott Pianowski projected him to go over 80 yards and find the end zone I'll take that even if it's not 100 yards I have him on a squad as well so yeah. whew, let's keep that um, moving the Broncos are at the Chargers this week the Chargers need a win to keep playoff hopes alive they really had a brain fart and dropped a game they should have won against the Texans I know there are a lot of excuses because they were missing some really big defensive players but that was that was just really disheartening to see them unravel against Davis Mills and company. Houston was missing a lot of players too, but a Fair good call. Point. Eckler pick, picking up Justin Jackson, the number one fantasy back uh, last week. Good call there. Um, yeah, this should be. This is an interesting one. It sounds like Drew Locke is going to start. The numbers didn't show it last week. It was a weird game with like the fewest snaps totaled in like in in a long time. Um, but you still can't rely on any of the receivers here with the stats they put up. No matter who's quarterbacking for Denver and the fact they're playing such a run funnel Chargers defense, making both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams startable in fantasy leagues, borderline both top twenty fantasy backs in this matchup. Uh, I'm not so worried. I've heard a lot of people disparaging Locke. I really I think it's fine. He likes to go downfield more and last week it was not his his fault why they why they lost uh there's some questionable coaching for fans Fangio praise I give him defensively uh he's a better defensive coordinator than he is head coach uh that that's for sure there and then on the flip side um yeah Eckler is Eckler uh is he good to go yeah 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 um I spoke to Austin on Tuesday Eckler's edge went live Thursday um he said he is feeling back um he admits that COVID was no fun uh but he quarantined and he pulled a negative 
a couple of negatives, as many as you need, went back, went back to the facility on Monday to work out, did not feel like he said that, the, in fact, the best thing, because his ankle had been in such bad shape. Remember how heavily taped it was on that Thursday yeah. night game. Maybe it um, and some rest. Yeah, he said that the rest, actually, his, his ankles and his joints feel really good. And he tested his cardiovascular health by running up the stairs. And he said he wasn't winded. He tried to do that a couple of times, like even in his place and in the facility to um, keep himself in shape. So he is like chomping at the bit to get to the field and win this one. And I will say that the Chargers have done a really good job of responding to failure or a loss. They've bounced back pretty well. It's keeping the success, the momentum of success going that they've struggled with more. So I did want to say, though, Drew Locke, like mentioned in a press conference, it had fantasy Twitter, like all a titter. He said that he expected Jerry Judy to have a big day. And I was like, well, now you're just triggering people because everyone knows (laughs) that Jerry Judy is not, (laughs) is not the wide receiver for you, big guy. I'm still going to pound the table for Noah Fant because of the matchup. Yeah, uh, yeah. Locke does like to go downfield more than Bridgewater, that's for sure. Uh, And then the receivers on the Chargers, I was all set to say Palmer is a nice sleeper, but it sounds like Mike Williams is going to return. Again, fluid situations with all the COVID and the changing rules. So it sounds like Mike Williams is going to return. Um, That uh, hurts uh, hurts Keenan Allen a little bit. And in a tougher matchup, Denver has uh, has really held opposing receivers lately uh, pretty pretty well in check has really stepped up over the last like third of the season. That Patrick Sertain kid, man, wow. He is he is looking like a great pick. Um, Texans at 49ers, the aforementioned Texans at 49ers. Oh, so I know this might be a, a little bit touchy for you because it looks like San Francisco is probably going to need this win to keep their playoff hopes alive. And the interesting question is whether or not it will be Jimmy G trying to keep those hopes alive. Remember, he's dealing with this massive thumb injury. It does not require surgery. Or if it will be Trey Lance trying to take advantage of a Texan squad that has not been able to stop any sort of run, has allowed, is actually tied with the Jets for allowing the most, tied exactly, which blows my mind when numbers like line up so perfectly, tied exactly with the Jets for allowing the most rushing yards on the season. Uh, Niners are tied, uh, sorry, they're they're among the highest implied team totals this week. Yeah, they're is, number uh, pretty, one. Pretty uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I, I ranked Lance as my number eight fantasy QB. It looks like his ECR right now is 13, so it's not me being a huge homer. But uh, I, his legs are just, he attempted 16 carries his first start, um, supposedly making gigantic strides in practice over the last month. I um, mean, his finger injuries healed, his knee injuries healed. Uh, it's just the rushing upside and the matchup. I mean, and he has a healthy Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk to work with, with a banged up, uh, you know, possibly not 100% Elijah Mitchell too as a running back. So I could see, see Lance getting a ton of carries and that will result into a fantasy goldmine. Of course, assuming he does start, Shanahan's still holding out hope for Ugh. Garoppolo, even though it's been a rule all year pretty much. He doesn't let you play if you don't practice Thursday, and he was not pra- Jimmy G was not practicing Thursday, and, you know, uh, grade three sprain sounds like it would be tough to play through. So I would. Ex- I don't know if it's some gamesmanship or what, but I would expect Trey Lance. And even though I so I worry about Mitchell, it sounds like he is going to come back. So I, I would love to recommend Jeff Wilson or a fully healthy Mitchell with uh, Lance there because I do expect him to also help the whole with the running back love the matchup with Houston but as is you know uh returning Mitchell with with Wilson they might be too much of a committee to get super excited about I added Trey Lance to that super flex league that I'm playing for the championship in hoping he plays he's also $20 in DFS so a nice oh yeah the minimum Yeah. yeah um I have to ask you Eli Mitchell you have to imagine there are a couple of managers who have been sweating this Mitchell situation and where he like he helped get them this far even if he's missed the past few weeks because he was such a stud when he was available inside or outside given what we know right now of your top 25 he's inside um the upside is just is. there I mean <laughs> Texans have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to to running backs and he, and when he does play Shanahan's just giving him all the carries so and like I said I think Lance might just be a, a nightmare for a, a defense as far as stopping the run so we'll we'll see but um but yeah I I if, if Mitchell hopefully there's some clarity in terms of a full practice Friday but if he's active yeah I'd, I'm gonna rank him inside my top 20 and I would like to say on the flip side Brandon Cooks was I uh, used him for my bold prediction maybe something of a risk since he hasn't played since coming off COVID 
did, but I think he was sick last week and he's back practicing fully this week. So hopefully that's okay. Before he did miss last week's game, he was averaging 10.5 targets, seven and a half catches, more than 100 yards and a touchdown his previous two games. Davis Mills is playing far better. The Niners, I think, are allowing the most fantasy points to his primary side over the last month. Rookie Ambry Thomas got lit up by A.J. Brown. So all signs just point to Brandon Cooks, uh, if healthy, having a really nice game. Ooh, I like that take. All right, now next we have the NFC 5 seed versus the NFC 2 seed Cardinals at Cowboys. The Cowboys have come to life right at the right time while the Cardinals are having this late season collapse. Part of that has been James Conner's health. He's dealing with this heel heel injury. He did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. So Chase Edmonds, top 20 running back if Connor sits. It looks like Connor's probably going to be a game time decision again. So fantasy managers are going to be sweating this one. Yeah, I'm not super optimistic that he is going to play, but unfortunately it is has been moved to an afternoon game. So you may not find out. That's frustrating. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Edmonds, I'd move into my top 20 uh, if Connor sits, even in a tougher matchup, you know, getting all the, the catches and, and all the work there. But um, yeah, it's been a been a, a step back. But ever since J.J. Watt uh, left, went on the IR, Arizona's defense has been below average. And then their offense suddenly, you know, Zach Ertz has, has been their their number one target. So it has not been ideal. And facing a Dallas team that plays so much better at home, uh, that it's it makes sense that spread has grown almost to a full touchdown favorite. I like Dalton Schultz. Uh, not just because of his first name, but in Yahoo DFS, <laughs> just $14. Uh, Arizona, you look at the stats, and you're going to go ahead and talk up that they've allowed, I think, the second fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. But, you know, that player versus uh, position can be a little noisier than others. Um, and Schultz at home, look at what Dak has done. Uh, that offense is basically averaging among the most points per game. So, so yeah, I like Schultz as well. Oh, Dak's home road splits, which you turned me on to, have been absolutely night and day like I think his passer rating at home is 115 and on the road it's like sub 80 obviously a different player at home than he is on the road tons of fantasy relevant pieces on the Cowboys offense the receivers obviously the two running backs how are you handling this whole situation and the matchup yeah to hammer that point home with Dak at home 8.3 YPA 6.7 on the road 20 touchdowns just two picks at home and then that becomes nine touchdowns, eight picks on the road. And this is dating back to his his whole career. So um, even even during that slump, everyone was saying he was having four of those five games were on the road. And then the one home game, he uh, he tore it up. So I like uh, pretty much everyone involved here with against an Arizona defense that has uh, been falling. And uh, even even Zeke, I ranked in my top 10. He claims and he's feeling better. And just the home matchup, I feel like there can be a lot of scoring opportunities. Uh, obviously, not going to be as sharp as they were on Monday night against, against home primetime against Washington. Sorry, Sunday night. But um, I like another setup for a lot of points being scored by Dallas offense this week. Yeah, I think you have to put in any of the Dallas pass catchers, whichever they're going to go off. You don't know which one, but you need every piece of that pie, especially at this point in the season, seeing Dak, what he's doing um, and, and the fact that he's home. I agree with you. And and we've been saying this for weeks and weeks and weeks. Like it is very likely that Zeke will rush for 65 yards, but he's also going to find the end zone. He is always given the ball in red zone and goal line situations. He saw the end zone twice last week, much to the dismay of people who keep like holding out for Tony Pollard, but it's very similar, frankly, to the to the Cardinals' James Conner, Chase Edmonds situation. Like, Chase Edmonds isn't allowed to score touchdowns. It's Arizona State law. And it feels like that's similar for Tony Pollard, despite how explosive he is. Zeke's going to get the score. So I, I think I have Zeke, like, I don't know, RB13 or something. But yes, he's going to be inside your top 15 for the reason. Play all your Cowboys and pray that, you know, the windfall continues. The Panthers are traveling to the Saints the Saints need to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. This is going to be interesting because Traquan Smith is probably not going to play. So what? It doesn't really matter. It's not like he's seen a ton of targets anyway. But I also, but Stefan Gilmore on the other side of things for the Panthers is also probably not going to play. So this just makes things easier, I think. It narrows the passing tree. Not that that's why we're in love with Taysom Hill, but we'll take a little pressure off for Taysom Hill to improve that part of his game and also obviously allow him to run because he is the starting quarterback and he is off of the COVID list. So are you playing Trey Lance or Taysom Hill? Who would you prefer to start? I rate Trey Lance slightly higher, but both are QB ones for me. They both are nice. Just, yeah, exactly. The rushing floor to go along with the upside. I like, I mean, San Francisco's weapons a, a lot more. And I could see Houston having this Houston scoring with Davis Mills 
on a, a leaky San Francisco secondary. So I could kind of see that becoming more high scoring, whereas New Orleans at home, their defense, you could argue they're the number one fantasy D against Sam Darnold. So might not be, you know, as many plays and scoring for that. But I do like Taysom Hill quite a bit. I will throw you another sleeper here. I mentioned it with Harmon yesterday, but Marquez Callaway, uh, beat writer Nick Underhill has said he's turned the corner over the last two weeks. And now, yeah, if Traquan Smith also misses this game, I mean, there's Adam Troutman and basically no one else to throw to there. Maybe Juwan Johnson. Um, yeah, so as uh, a guy who's getting a higher percentage of the air yards and, and all those stats uh, quietly over the last few games, Callaway and no Gilmore, uh, Callaway would maybe a, a dart throw, but maybe more of like a DFS flyer than someone you want to start in your fantasy finals. But nice bounce back game from Camara with the game script should be much, much different than Monday night. I'll see your Callaway and raise you a Robbie Anderson who was just $13. I mean, this one, it takes the leap of faith, right? Like, but he has been on a tear and there's no denying that Sam Darnold is going to be the starter. Matt Rule went out and announced that already. So we know what we're in store for there. But Anderson has averaged 10 targets per game over the last three weeks. He's posted fantasy relevant numbers in two of his last three games. I, my worry is the coverage, right? Like, is Marshawn Lattimore, who last year was primarily assigned to Anderson, going to move over to DJ Moore, who's been hobbled with that hamstring issue? And therefore, you know, you have to imagine that Anderson will become the primary focus. Or is Anderson going to get clamped down by Lattimore? So there's a, there's a lot here. I don't think this is one that you necessarily want to mess with. But if you're in one of those deeper, like, 20-team, 16-team leagues, and you need, you, I'm, I'm in a dynasty league where I have Robbie Anderson and I am starting him because it's a must start three wide receivers. And everybody, the COVID list has made things crazy. So I, I am forced to start him and I've convinced myself why. There's used to be a good chemistry with Darnold and him. They're facing a number one run defense in DVOA with the Saints. Not like Carolina's gonna be able to run the ball at all. Their slot receivers, somebody named Brandon Zilstra. So yeah, why would Anderson and DJ Moore both not get dozen targets in this game? I mean, yeah, they don't they don't have a tight end that ever gets targeted. So yeah, I don't see why Moore and Anderson aren't just looking at a ton of work this week. Oof, again, your lips to God's ears. God, if I could just win both of these leagues, it would be amazing. <laughs> um, Lions at Seahawks forecast being my best meteorologist south, 41 degrees and rain, which um, does not bode well for the Lions in particular because it looks like Tim Boyle will start for Detroit. Jared Goff is still dealing with that knee injury. So if things weren't bad enough, you get Tim Boyle in the rain and away. So the knee injury was so bad, he was able to play through it, knock me out of Survivor, but a whole week (laughs) and a half later, two weeks later, he can't even play. So... Man, whatever he was shot up with in the locker room, whenever it worked well. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I digress. I uh, really, I'm gonna surprise you. A couple guys I like in this in this game. Uh, on Detroit. I'm on St. Brown. Obviously, people have been talking about him quite a bit, but you don't like him as much with Tim Boyle, but it didn't matter last week. And now with no Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond and no tight end, I mean, how is he not going to get all the targets there? And I bumped DeAndre Swift way up. I know that it's a risk, but he returned to full practice. Sounded like he was close to playing last week. He says, God put me on this earth to play football. And if you listen to Campbell's, you listen to Campbell's quotes. It doesn't sound, I mean, yes, he's not going to give him all the work, but Seattle's allowing the most yards, targets, and receptions to opposing backs, and that's where Swift gets his work, his money well, anyway. And if in it's raining, so yeah, also. exactly. So I, I kind of like DeAndre Swift, but I, I get it; it's a risk. And the Craig Reynolds is impressed, and he's coming off a long injury. And why would you risk Swift in the final two meaningless games? I totally understand that, but that's why I assume in DFS his roster percentage will be extremely low. I also still like Jamal Williams in this one too. Well, I don't know how much time is going to go around. Really? You like Jamal Williams? I don't know. He didn't get any targets last week. He got 19 carries at least, but Craig Reynolds is there. No, I'm going to go. Though. How many yeah, targets do you get think the, that Tim Boyle is going to put up, though? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hear I you on, on DeAndre Swift, Swift, but I just think that Williams also has, like, Craig Reynolds isn't going away, but Williams has such a great ability at the goal line. And, you know, Anthony Lynn prefers him at the goal line. He's admitted that since August. Then on the other side, Rashad Penny could be a league winner. Man, it's gonna it really Weird. could happen. I mean, it's 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 there. DK Metcalf is now he used to be getting he 
typically been getting limited practice in the middle of the week. He, I think he missed a full practice Thursday or maybe Wednesday. Problem. So, yeah, so it's maybe that's one of those players that will be revealed at the end of the season. That's why his production drops so much. He was just playing through an injury more significant than the media knew. But I like Penny in this setup. They're, they're favorite, obviously. Um, so uh, Detroit's not, not, not a total pushover uh, against the run. But, um, yeah, Penny's been getting all, all the work there in Seattle. And he's the guy you're extremely worried about lasting, you know, health-wise. But when on the field, there's a lot of upside. Okay, it's supposed to be four degrees. No, you don't like it. You don't like the Penny call. You you don't know. Um, I don't. I don't have any exposure to Penny. I'm always just the, the way you feel about Julio Jones always being a liability is yeah, the way yeah, I feel yeah. about Rashad Penny. He's at risk of leaving after every carry. That is totally true. <laughs> and I'm holding my breath enough this week that I don't need to add to the anxiety. <laughs> but Fair. but you make a great case. And I think like after last week, that's always been the thing with Penny though, right? Is that like when he's healthy, he's so good. He's the Will Fuller running backs. Like it, it, it's he has such an explosive skill set um, and he's versatile, but I just don't, I'm, I'm just worried every time he's out there that he's not going to stay out there. Regardless, uh, it's supposed to be four degrees in Green Bay, Wisconsin. No big deal for the Vikings, who do play in a dome, but that dome is located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So a cold-weather team nonetheless. And the Vikings need a win to keep their playoff hopes alive as well as they travel to Lambeau. Yeah, this could be a, yeah, the weather is the, is the key here. Hopefully that doesn't prevent, otherwise could be a nice high-scoring game for Cousins. A nice setup there with no... With no Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne is definitely back on the fantasy radar oh, for sure. Yes, wide, well, and maybe wide... no Tyler Conklin. Great point. Yes, Conklin, you got to. Yeah, I actually was going to have him in a, in a league that I had to pivot to to Mo Ali Cox, believe it or not, because yes. Conklin plays this this Sunday night game and it, a hamstring injury, missing practice. So yeah, I had to make that that move. So yes, I like Osborne even more with the Conklin. Yeah, Chris Herndon uh, is the backup at tight end, <laughs> by the way. But yeah, Osborne Jefferson's going to be get a lot of work, and then Cook is going to going to return there, and you know he just goes back to being obviously the the feature back there. And then the questions are, what do you do with Aaron Jones and Dylan? You're probably starting either, but um, you're you know you're tempering expectations for both because they they really are pretty much a split evenly backfield there in Green Bay now yeah if the games are close Aaron Jones gets a little bit more run if the Packers seem to take a lead then AJ Dillon you know sees more touches and Aaron Jones gets a little bit of rest but I think they're probably gonna see pretty close to a 50-50 split in this one a 60-40 split probably to be more accurate yeah, I rank, I rank Darren Jones higher, but he also was limited with this knee injury, and A.J. Dillon's just impressed so much as a receiver. Um, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about my guy, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's back in action, and he was really making some noise uh, before. And then Randall Cobb is, was activated off the sure. COVID list, but um, or sorry, sorry, the off, IR. Off He's IR, dealing with yeah. an injury, sorry. But it doesn't sound like he's going to return during the regular season, so Alan Lazard is still an option out of the slot there if you're in a PPR format, too. 31-year-old so, yeah, Randall Cobb like, bouncing back from surgery from actual muscular surgery yeah yeah but uh, yeah you like to set up against a totally beatable uh minnesota secondary though so if you need any of those guys i, I like them with with uh you know rogers uh, mvp favorite aaron Rodgers throwing to them mm, well i i think that i think we did it dalton i think we completed the last preview pod of the 2021 fantasy season just now I had a great time through all, all year, Liz, and, and thank you for the listeners for humoring us talking about our children. For uh, talking about our children, <laughs> I love hosting this show with Dalton Daldon, and I am just saying that on the record for our producers and our boss. You are one of my favorite people to talk football with, to talk fantasy with, to crunch numbers with, and of course to trade parent anecdotes with. So thank you uh, for a lovely season, Dalton. Love you, Liz. Thank you. All right, follow me on Twitter at LizLoza underscore FF. Follow Dalton at Dalton Del Don. Follow at Yahoo Fantasy. Stick around here as well because Matt Harmon's going to be joined by TJ Hernandez for a DFS preview of this week's games on Saturday's episode of the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. And you're definitely going to want to check that out, particularly if uh, you didn't make it to week 17 and redraft. Until then, guys, happy new year. Happy 22. Go out and win that tip. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. 
They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.